holy, holy is the Lamb. And uh, those are great songs that we're singing this morning. And I just, uh, I'm thrilled about uh, just the, the, the words that are in those songs. And, and hopefully they have prompted you to think about the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. Well, thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning here at Spotlight Church. Uh, last week, Pastor Andrew shared a very passionate message about the importance of faith. Uh, you can check, uh, you can catch the complete message there on our YouTube channel if you just kind of look for Spotlight Church, and uh, or you can find it on our website at uh, spotlightchurch.ca. But a great message that Pastor Andrew shared there. And so thank uh, you, Pastor Andrew, so much for uh, delivering that message last week. In our current series that we're in, um, and, uh, and I'm wanting to draw your attention back to it, is that in this current series, we're looking at how easy it is to neglect the person and the role of the Holy Spirit within our lives. And, uh, and just kind of a brief recap, uh, in part one, of this four-part series, we looked at uh, some of the basic theology around the Holy Spirit. Uh, I wanted to remind us that the Holy Spirit is God, just as much as God the Father, just as much as Jesus Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit is God. And uh, I also want to remind us that, of, uh, uh, that He is a person, and as a person that He, he has uh, a real sense of, of, of things going on around. He has uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit has a, a kind of a emotions that show from time to time and through, through the life. And so we're just kind of reminding ourselves of who the Holy Spirit is. Then from there, we went into the whole question in part two about what are you afraid of? And it's amazing that when you begin to talk about the Holy Spirit, there are those who are really kind of straight-laced conservatives and said, oh, no. He's mentioning the Holy Spirit. Where is he going with this? And they get really nervous and, and shaky and say, well, what's going to happen here? And, um, and there's that side of it. There, there are those in our culture today, unfortunately, as well, who, who like the term Holy Spirit, but they look at it completely wrong. They see the Holy Spirit as some power that they can harness and they can call it down whenever they feel like it in that that God, the Holy Spirit, is supposed to jump to his attention and respond and deliver the way they think. That he's some power that you can harness whenever you want. Both of those extremes are wrong. And so we talked about what are you afraid of? And, and we talked about two main things. We talked about what if God doesn't show up? What if you pray bold prayers and, and, and God doesn't come through? Some of you have that fear, and we talked about that. And, and, uh, and and because of that fear, you're asking less, you're expecting less, and you're satisfied in living your daily life with less of what it means to live boldly with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Then we talked about, well, what if God does show up? Sometimes that fear scares us more than the first one, and we talked about that as well. And so through this whole series, I've been trying to get us as a church family trying to get those who would listen to us to realize that we must reverse the neglect of the person of the Holy Spirit. We must begin to realize that as a church that we are emptying ourselves of our power and our relevancy. We're emptying ourselves of everything we want to be if we don't recognize 
the person and the role of the Holy Spirit and how he plays out as our counselor, our comforter. He's the one who guides us into all truth. He's the one who is God with us today in this world. God the Father is in heaven. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father. The Holy Spirit is here. God is here to help us live triumphantly and abundantly in our lives. And so we just need to make sure that we don't neglect the person and the role of the Holy Spirit. And even that alone, I get fired up about it because I know that that's where our strength is. So today in part three, I want, to, I want you to hear me when I say this. I want to share a message called, Forget About His Will for Your Life. Interesting title, right? You think, Pastor, you have lost it. Where are you going with this? But I want to share this, this, this message about forget about his will for your life. And, and obviously with a title like that, I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to get you to stop right now. Forget about the cup of coffee that's going through the coffee maker. Forget about everything else. And I want to catch your attention with this title. Because in this title, there's some tremendous truth that I want to share with you today. And obviously, I don't want you to forget about His will for your life. God's created every single person with a purpose that He has for you. Uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again today. No life is haphazardly dumped into this world. Every life has a purpose. That's why I hate hearing the phrase, oh, so-and-so was an accident. That's not true. God doesn't haphazardly just dump life into this world without a purpose for it. So every life, your life, my life, we do have a purpose. But sometimes as we begin to look at this, we can begin to realize that in our search for God's will for our life, we begin to miss the obvious. We begin to miss the very nose that's on our face. We begin to miss about what is it that the Holy Spirit wants me to do today? Not about seeking God's will for my life in the future, but what does he want me to do today with my life? What does he want me to do as a, a single parent that's home? And instead of praying, God, what's your will for my life in the future? God, what is it you want me to do today? Do you want me to um, bake a casserole for our neighbor? Do you want me to call someone with words of encouragement? What is it that the Holy Spirit is telling you today? And that's really where I want to go with this message today. How many times we have heard someone say, I wish I just knew God's will for my life. And I've heard that expression, and you've probably heard people ask that same question. What is God's will for my life? And it's a great question. But as I begin to look closer at what the Bible teaches, I realize that there are very few people who ever receive a life plan from God. There are very few people who ever receive a five-year plan, a 20-year plan from God. Usually what they receive is a sense that God wants me today to go here and to do this and to say this. And so this morning I want to encourage you as a church family to realize that the Holy Spirit wants to help you find your purpose for your life, but He wants to speak to you today. He wants to speak to you as you go in your car and as you're driving to work. He wants to speak to you as you're there working on the assembly line. He wants to speak to you 
as you're there in the office, as you're holding a meeting with your colleagues. He wants to speak to you through the day and use you in a profound way. Because as we listen to his voice today, we'll better understand what he wants for us tomorrow. But it starts today. And so today, as I share this message, forget about his will for your life, I'm trying to get us to realize that sometimes that becomes an excuse for really not dealing with today. We can say to God, you know, God, I'm really praying through hard. I really want to know what it is you want me to do the next five years. I want you to know what you, what do you want me to do with my life? You know, I was in university and I remember praying, God, what am I going to do with my life? As I look back on it now, I thought that was really a poor prayer. The prayer would, would, would have been better. Lord, what do you want me to do right now? How do you want me to reach out to my fellow students in the university? How do you want me to love them, encourage them? And see, sometimes in our search for God's will for our life, it can become an excuse for not dealing with what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. It's easier and safer to think about tomorrow, but it's harder to really wrestle and hear God's voice today. And what he wants to say to us. I like the story of Abraham. Abraham's a great example in Scripture. Abraham was somebody where God called him and said, Abraham, I'm sending you out to, to the, the Chaldeans. And, and Abraham, he just went. He didn't ask about his pension plan. He didn't ask about how much is it paying. He just went. And as he went, God revealed things along the way. And I can picture Abraham praying and saying, God, what is, what is it you want me for today? God, where do I get my food today? God, what is it that I'm to say today? Who am I going to meet today? And so Abraham's a great example of how in fulfilling God's purpose, and we know Abraham had a great purpose for his life, but in fulfilling that purpose, he didn't know all the details. He followed God one step at a time. One step at a time. So today... With this message, my point is this. I believe with all my heart that God cares more about our response to the Spirit's leading today and in this moment than He, than he does about us finding our, His will for our lives. Again, He cares about our lives. He has a purpose. But God cares more about are you listening to His voice today? Are you in step with the Spirit today are you walking in the light today as he is in the light and so my message today about forgetting his will for your life is all about that because i know it is easy to try and spend time searching of god's will for the future but totally totally miss him today this morning i want to encourage you the holy spirit speaking to you the Holy Spirit has things He wants to say to you personally. He has things He wants to say to your family. He wants to talk to you about your health. He wants to talk to you about your finances. He wants to talk to you about the feelings you have of maybe unforgiveness towards someone. He wants to help you and give you that life abundantly. But the, the problem is, is that we don't walk in His Spirit. We don't allow ourselves on a daily basis to really hear his voice the way we ought to. Today I want to encourage you, and I think there's a great passage 
that I think goes along with this, that reminds us, and it's found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 25. I'm going to read it for you this morning. And, but as I read it, there's really two parts of this that I want you to notice. I want you to notice the first part in verse 16, and I want you to notice verse 25. But let me read the whole passage because it's powerful. So I say, and this is Paul speaking, so I say, walk, notice this, walk by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Right there, he zeroes right in up. And you will not gratify, notice the rest of this, if you walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. In other words, they're not in sync with one another. When the Holy Spirit is speaking, you can't also be living out the acts of the flesh at the same time. If you think if you are, you're fooling yourself. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, that's a big S, the Holy Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, and the list goes on. And he says, all those things, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Powerful. Then he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you memorized that when you were younger? Or maybe your mom or dad had you memorize those nine um, fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And notice this last verse that ties it all in. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Isn't that great? That's really what I'm trying to say today as we sort of look at this message. Is I want you, yes, to be following God's purpose for your life, but I want you on a daily basis to be in step with the Holy Spirit. Some of us, our Christianity has become crusty and old and stale because we don't hear the Spirit's voice leading us on a daily basis. We get up, we go through the routines of the day, and we never stop and say, Lord, is there something you want me to do today, to say today? We don't walk with that sense of tenderness to the things of the Spirit. My challenge today is simple. Matter of fact, you can turn off the message after I'm done with saying this, is that I want you to hear God's voice today, in the moment. What is he saying to you? So the real question today is, are you keeping in step with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? God wants us to listen to the Holy Spirit. And if we listen to him today, I'm convinced that you'll know what his will is for your life is tomorrow. The decisions we make today by listening to the Holy Spirit will profoundly impact what our life looks like a year from now based on what we hear and do today. So here are two questions that I want you to ask yourself. And these are in your notes. You can look under your notes tab and you can follow along with this. There are here two questions and then I'm done. Number one, do you need the Holy Spirit in your life? Now, I'm not trying to be rude by asking that question. 
Maybe your, your quick answer is, oh yeah, I do. But what I'm trying to do by asking that question is, is do you really need the Holy Spirit in your life? If we're living lives where we're just kind of going and sitting in church or maybe sitting and watching a live stream, but we never step out and do anything bold or great for God, why do you need the Holy Spirit? So we need to ask ourselves, do you really need the Holy Spirit the way you're living your life on a day-to-day basis? Again, God cares about our lives, and He calls us to be in step with the Spirit. And we are called to walk in the Spirit. But how does that affect your life in very practical ways? Do you really need Him in a practical way to be a part of your life? The reason I ask this question, and I'm not trying to be negative, is that too many people today who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ, and I want you to notice this, they're asking God to join them on their journey instead of asking God to join, instead of asking God to follow His will for their life. So let me put it another way. Too many people are asking God to join them on their journey instead of joining God on His journey. There's a difference. And so as we think about our lives today, we don't really need the Holy Spirit. If we're still trying to live our life the way we think we ought to live it, and we're asking Jesus to kind of come along and follow us. But if we're serious about following God's will, serious about hearing His voice, then we need the Holy Spirit. This world is not our home. The prince and power of the air is looking for opportunities to maim and destroy and to pull you down spiritually and pull you down physically and pull you down emotionally in every way. And if you are someone who's trying to be obedient and walk in step with what God wants you to do, you do need the role and the person of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it on your own because Satan will throw everything at you he can. And some of you know exactly what I mean. He wants to pull you down. But if you're trying to live your life and just saying, oh, I'd like to add a little bit of Jesus to it, you don't need the Holy Spirit. If you're just going and sitting in church or listening online or doing nothing, you don't need the Holy Spirit for that. There's a lot of religions of the world that are doing some phenomenal things that they don't have the Holy Spirit. But you know what? If we really want to shake this world up for God, if we truly want to be disciples of Jesus Christ, you cannot do that in your own power, in your own strength. Too many people are asking God, just to join them on their life journey. And I want to remind us this morning that Jesus Christ did not die on the cross to follow us. I want to remind us today that the Holy Spirit is not there to simply give you a little extra power to do what you want in life. But He's there to give you the power to follow God's will and not your own. Do you understand the difference? He's not there just to give you a little bit of juice so you keep doing your own thing. He's there to help you live as a follower of Jesus Christ. If we, we must want more than a little bit of Jesus in our lives so we can live a semi-moral life. We must want more of the Holy Spirit so that we can just, uh, so that we can just go through the, whole, through the motions. We need to have more of the Holy Spirit so that we can do what God's called us to do. 
We only need the Holy Spirit if we're truly going to follow the way of Jesus Christ. We only need the Holy Spirit if we're going to obey, and notice this, everything. And teach everything. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, remind us that, you know, that we need to obey everything. And we need to teach it to others to do the same thing. And I don't know about you, but I can't do that in my own strength. Sometimes I get frustrated as a pastor that I pour out tons of information, and, and, but maybe just don't see the transformation that I like to see. And I know that sometimes I go away and I blame myself. But you know what? It really comes down to the fact that we must listen to the Spirit individually and allow that teaching, that transformation to begin to work in our hearts. And no one can do that to us while we stand idly by. We can't be passive. We've got to be fully engaged in that and say, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to be what Christ wants me to be. We need the Holy Spirit if we're going to genuinely repent. If we're serious about changing the direction of our life, if we're serious about leaving behind the addictions, if we're serious about uh, loving those who are unlovable, if we're serious about all of that, if we're looking to repent and be true followers of Jesus Christ, you're going to need the power and the person of the Holy Spirit to do that. If you're willing to share in the sufferings as well as the blessings, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Paul, I think, says it in a great way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7-11. to Paul says this. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. i got to stop there. And I'm finding it hard not to weep over that. Such beautiful things of the gospel. But yet those beautiful things are presented to those of us who are jars of clay. We're so easy we could break. I don't know about you, but I just sometimes say, Lord, help me. Help me as that jar of clay not to break, but to be faithful. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed, Paul said, on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we, for we who are alive are always being given over to the death, to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. What a great passage. Even during this pandemic, some of us, you know, as we, you know, whatever we do behind closed doors, do you really need the Holy Spirit? Are you really perplexed and hard-pressed? We might be inconvenient, and it might be difficult and, and lonely, and I, don't, and I don't want to take away from that or, or undermine it in any way. God's there to help in those moments. But we really need the Holy Spirit if we're going to step out and be the followers of Christ that he's calling us to be. Once this pandemic lifts, once we begin to re-engage in our community the way that we need to, we need everything that God can give us because in and of ourselves, we will just be another church doing its church thing amidst many other churches. And maybe when the days go by, maybe nobody got saved 
Maybe somebody gave their life to Jesus. Folks, that's not acceptable. We want to see lives transformed and changed, and we need the Holy Spirit for that. If you are going to be free from addictions, if you're going to be free from lust, if you're going to know what that real freedom is, you need to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you in your life every day. Question number two. Not only do I need to ask myself, do I really need the Holy Spirit, but what does He want? What does He want of me? What does the Holy Spirit want? I think Luke chapter 9, verse 23 helps us to answer that question. And he says this, And then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. See, there's that daily thing again. Well, you're in the Holy Spirit daily, taking up your cross daily. And so as we look at that passage, taking up your cross daily meant something totally different to the folks back then. They knew too, all too well about the instruments of torture around the crucifixion. They knew all too well what that meant when it took up your cross. And when those words are spoken, they knew very well what that means. Today, when we think of taking up our cross, some of us say, well, you know, I'm having, I'm having a little bit of health problems. Um, uh, I need God's help, and that's good. And maybe I'm struggling with some finances. Uh, maybe it's been a tough day raising the kids. All those are challenges in and of themselves, but folks, they don't measure to really what it means to take up your cross. Sometimes we bring it to that point, but taking up your cross means something totally different. It's not about helping you through the common and the mundane things of everyday life, even though the Holy Spirit does that. Taking up your cross means a radical call to faith. Pastor Andrew talked last week about the importance of faith. And taking up your cross and following Jesus, that's when you need the Holy Spirit. Because it's a radical call to faith. It means sacrifice. It could mean suffering. Are you prepared for that? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to die for that? That's what it means to take up your cross. And the people of that day, when those words were spoken, they knew that all too well that to take up your cross meant I will be given it all. It was a radical call to put in your faith in Jesus Christ. And for us today, as we think about answering that question, what does the Holy Spirit want? The Holy Spirit wants to give you a faith that will help you to love those who cheat you. To take up your cross means to love those who want to harm you. To take up your cross means to love those who disagree with you. And today, we have people who disagree on political views and worldviews and all kinds of different views. But you know what? In spite of all of our differences, we're still called to love one another. But how, how are we going to do that when we're tearing each other down? To take up your cross means to be willing to offer your very life, your very breath, if needed. Is that the kind of thing that you're willing to do? That's the kind of thing we need the Holy Spirit for. You and I, we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I love what Jesus, as he began to, I think, kind of uh, flesh out this call to a radical faith. 
It was interesting to me that I think he used the poor widow. Remember the poor widow who gave just her two pennies or two mites? It's interesting to me that she was a widow already, and probably in that culture she's already poor, but she was even poorer than than the normal widow. She was the poorest of the poor. But Jesus holds her up as an example of what it means to really answer that radical call of faith. And to really lean on God. In Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4, it says, As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. And they were just pouring it in. But he saw a poor widow who put in two very small copper coins. And truly, Jesus said to them at that time, he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave gifts out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. Have you been called to that kind of radical faith? That's what it means to follow the way of Jesus Christ. I know in our Western culture, i got to be honest, we just have it so easy that we forget about what it really means to take up our cross daily to listen to the Holy Spirit daily so that we can love those who cheat us, so we can love those who harm us, we can love those who are different than us. You can't do that in your own strength. Everything inside of me wants to rip their face off. Can I say that out loud? But I also know that the Holy Spirit moves on your life in such a compassionate way that He gives you the ability to do what you normally wouldn't do and to sacrifice in a way you wouldn't normally sacrifice. Jesus held up this poor widow because she was willing to give it all. She was the standard. Not those who were given out of their wealth. Sure, they gave way more. But she gave all she had. Have you done that? Have you surrendered everything to the Lord? Are you listening to Him on a daily basis? The Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with you on a daily basis so that you can live like no other, so that you can love like no other, and when needed, that you can sacrifice like no other to His honor and glory. As I conclude this message today, because I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, to talk as long as Pastor Andrew did last week, all right? So <laughs> I just thought I would pick on him a little bit. But as I conclude this message, I want to share with you an illustration about a treadmill. And some of you have a treadmill already and, and uh, sitting there in your basement collecting dust and so forth. So you understand this, this illustration. But the illustration is, imagine if I buy a treadmill. I'm going to get myself a great treadmill. I'm going to lose all those Christmas pounds. Um, So I buy the treadmill, then three months later, I take it back to the store, and I complain to the clerk, and I say, you know what, I didn't lose a single pound. And the clerk says, well, what was the problem? I don't know. I I didn't take it out of the box. I, I didn't even start it up, but I didn't lose a single pound. And the clerk says, it doesn't work that way. If you take the word treadmill, and you substitute that for any sin that you might be struggling with or any issue you might be struggling with, I want you to know there's a comparison here. 
that treadmill was no good because he never took it out of the box, or I never took it out of the box. And so I couldn't lose weight because I never used it. Some of us today are frustrated with Christianity. And the reason we're frustrated with Christianity is we've never taken the Holy Spirit out of the box. But we want everything it seems to be able to give us. But we've never let Him loose. We've never let the Holy Spirit out of the box. I don't know why. And because of that, we struggle with Christianity. We struggle with living the abundant life. We struggle with, is this Christian life everything it's meant to be? As I close out this message today, some of you maybe are struggling with forgiveness for a mom or dad, maybe something they did to you 25 or 30 years ago, and you're still not free from that. Some of you may be struggling with freedom from addictions and lust or pornography, and for years you've been, you've been struggling with that. And you maybe even come to the point where you're saying, well, I'm never going to be free. That's not true. The truth is, the Holy Spirit can set you free from that if you let Him out of the box and begin to listen to Him on a daily basis. If you listen to God on a daily basis, He can begin to put a love back in your heart for a mom and dad who maybe have hurt you. If you listen to Him on a daily basis, He is the one who can set you free from unhealthy eating. He can help you, and the list goes on. Like that treadmill, it's no good if you don't let it or don't take it out of the box. The Holy Spirit is there to make a difference in your life, but the problem is we haven't let Him out of the box. We haven't listened to Him on a daily basis. We haven't kept in step with what He wants for our daily lives. Many believers have come to the conclusion that being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't really work when in reality, the truth is, they just haven't let the Holy Spirit out of the box. And be, they become discouraged in their walk. Today, as I close out this message, I want to give you a very important truth. I want you to hear this. Those of you who are waiting to be set free, those of you who are looking to experience that forgiveness for someone who's hurt you, or whatever that list may be, I want you to know God is ready to do that. But he does not, God does not do something to you. And I want you to hear me. God doesn't do something to you. You cannot be a passive participant and just say, Lord, set me free, set me free, set me free. And God comes along and says, sure, you don't have to do anything. I'll just, boom, you're set you free. God could do that, and there's probably occasions he has. But he doesn't do that. God doesn't want you to be this passive person that says, oh, Lord, I want to be free, I want to be free, and he does it to you. God wants to work in relationship with you. That's why it's important to hear the Holy Spirit daily in our lives, to battle those temptations, to battle those struggles. He is there, and if we work together with the Holy Spirit, we can be more than conquerors in Christ. We can be free but God doesn't just passively do things to you and we just wait for Him to do it. We need to work in conjunction with Him. That's why it's so important today that I remind you that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you have a responsibility, I have a responsibility to listen to Him and to walk in step with the Spirit on a daily basis and to 
take up my cross daily and follow Christ. So this morning, finding God's purpose for your life is great. But hearing the Spirit's leading, hearing the Holy Spirit's leading each day is more important, much more important. What is God saying to you today? As you finish listening to this service, what are you and your family going to do this afternoon? Have you talked to the Holy Spirit about that? As you prepare for another week at work, have you talked to the Holy Spirit about what that looks like? Or do we simply go about our lives and maybe pull him along when we need him. It doesn't work that way, folks. That's why our Christianity becomes empty and shallow. But if we listen to the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit and walk with the Spirit on a daily basis, then the vibrancy and the life, God pours it out upon his people in just an incredible way. Just ask the folks of Africa. Ask Asia, people in Asia, ask the people in South America who every day they pray for the basics of life. Lord, where am I going to get my meal? Where am I going to get my job? How am I going to take care of my family? Every day they ask the Holy Spirit. And do you know what's happening in those countries when they have to live that way? God shows up. He's faithful. And they know it. And if you go to the believers in Africa today, They'll say, oh, my God is so faithful, and they know exactly what it's all about. Do you hear God's leading in your life today? Will you be open to keeping in step with what the Spirit says to, says to you? As our worship team comes to close out this, song, this uh, service, I want to encourage you. I love you as my church family, but I want you to have everything that the gospel has for you. And to have that, you must walk in the Spirit. You must keep in step with the Spirit. Yes, God has a purpose for your life, but it's more important that you hear what He's saying to you today than anything else. So Lord, this morning, I pray for every person that is listening to this service today. I'm asking God that as we come to the conclusion of this service, that you would help us to be convicted, that you would help us to begin to have a real sense of your presence pour out upon our families, our homes, our, our very heart. And that we would say, Lord, forgive me where I've just tried to ask you to put your stamp of approval on my life and my will. Help me, Jesus, to live your will and to do it daily by listening to your spirit. So Father, today for each person I'm asking that you would give them ears to hear what you want them to hear and give them eyes to see what you want them to see. And may they breach bring glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. God is working, but I know the key is listening to the Spirit on a daily basis. Let's listen to His Spirit. Mm -hmm.